This podcast is brought to you by dpztechnology.com. High Impact Dads was created to give you tools and insights for effective fathering in a hectic world. If you like this podcast, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review. This certainly will help those who need this information the most to be able to find it. Hello, and welcome to High Impact Dads, the podcast that examines how fathers positively and negatively influence and affect the lives of their children. I'm your host, Michael Conant, and we are so very fortunate to be joined today by Bob Record and Dr. Rick Fowler. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Michael. Honor. Thank you. Well, Bob, this is not your first time on the show, and we're glad to have you back. For the members of our audience who are not familiar with you, can you tell them a little bit about who you are and why the subject of high impact ads is so important to you? Well, I'll be glad to. I am a dad of three who are now grown. I'm a granddad of five and very thankful for all of those. And uh, I also had a biological dad and an adopted dad and dealt with some uh, challenges that both of those brought into my life, not even intentionally, but had to uh, deal with them so that I didn't allow them to impact my kids, my grandkids, and my marriage. So that's what brings me to the day. I have the privilege of uh, traveling across the country and speaking to men, to couples with my wife, Cheryl, uh, to marriage conferences, and to churches across the country. I've also been a business executive and uh, just love helping others make the most out of their life. Well, we're fortunate to uh, be blessed with your insight today. And Dr. Fowler, thank you again for being with us. Um, you bring a, a wealth of professional knowledge and experience with you to this podcast. Would you please tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes, uh, I currently am a professor of uh, professional counseling at Truett McConnell University in, uh, in uh, Georgia. And uh, I've been a professor at three major universities and uh, for over 50 years. <laughs> and I think, I, the other day we were counting up, and I think I've had over about 40,000 of one-on-one -on -one sessions with people in my life. So uh, been around the block in that area as well. Plus I uh, had the opportunity to write about 15 books. So it's been, it's been, God's been really blessed me and uh, my family over the things he's allowed us to do. Well, we're so grateful that you're using your experience to help other people. Um, so previously on the podcast, Bob and I explored the uh, benefits that having a father who is active, present, and engaged in a child's life, and how much that helps the child grow and become a better person. But we also took a hard look at the adverse consequences of having an absent, disengaged, neglectful, or even abusive father can have on a child's life. And this, these actions or inactions, as Bob said, can lead to what we call father wounds. I'm sure some members of our audience can say without a doubt that they have father wounds, but others may not be so sure. So Bob, how can someone determine whether or not they have been affected by father wounds? Well, thanks for that question, Michael. Well, as I wrote uh, the book, uh, Ending the Cycle of Father Wounds, it dealt with uh, where I had lived what I had journeyed through, but also as I traveled the country, I uh, saw man after man after man, whether the crowd was 10 or 100 or 10,000, 
who were carrying a whole lot of baggage and a lot of it went back to wounds with a dad. And I started to write the book, Ending the Cycle of Father Wounds, because they tend to be uh, multi-generational and cyclical if they're not dealt with. And the more I wrote and the more my wife and I were sharing with other people and women heard about it, they said, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not just men who deal with this. It's us as uh, women as well. And Rick would sure say amen to that. So men and women, young people, female and male can uh, have father wounds. Now, the question becomes, as you so well asked, Mike, what in the world makes us sure whether or not father wounds has impacted our life. Well, some of us, as you so well said, very, very obvious. But some of us had unintentional wounds or indirect wounds from a dad, a stepdad, or an adopted dad. And we wonder, oh. So as I was writing the book, my dear friend, Dr. Rick Fowler, and I were talking, and we were discussing how does a person get a good handle on it? Is there some diagnostic? And Rick said, I'll tell you what, I'll create one. So he, uh, as a great gifted uh, Christian counselor, therapist, licensed practitioner, and some, as he said, 40,000 hours of helping people with this, put together a self-assessment tool. We're in about five minutes. It's in the third chapter of this book, A person with a pen or a pencil can go to it and in no time flat can have a way of determining, is it likely that there may well be the impact of father wounds in my life? Now, I want to say a quick word, and then I want Rick to address this issue because (laughs) he created that assessment, and it is showing to be so helpful to so many. And that is the issue that I want to drive home. Somebody will ask, oh, so if I go to that, I'll know for sure 100% whether I do or I don't. Now, wait a minute. No, it is not inerrant. It is not infallible. It is a diagnostic tool, just like any diagnostic tool a doctor uses. So it is to give an indication, a clear focus on it's very possible that this may be an issue you want to pursue, look at, and deal with just like a doctor does with us. That's what makes it so helpful. So Rick, why don't you address uh, this issue and and Mike guide us through how we can help the listener best know how they can make use of this assessment and this book, which by the way, one last thing I would say, you can find it at my website. The easiest place to find the book is at www dot bob record my name b-o-b-r-e-c-c-o-r-d dot com and then go to the bookstore tab it's right there first thing very good when you talked about so much intentionally or unintentionally direct indirect bob that is the key most of the time unless it's very obvious people don't really, really even know that they have been fathered wound they come to my office for marriage counseling and the wife says, he doesn't trust me. Or we start getting deep in our conversations and he stops abruptly and says, I don't want to go there. Or I say, as a kid, uh, how did you deal with this, hubby? And he says, I don't remember. Mm. See, we can repress things to the point where it didn't happen. 
And it's like if, if somebody wakes up in the morning and they put 10 pounds of weight on their legs, you know, when you're in track running, you wear, put these weights on so you can get your legs stronger. But let's say 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, you have these weights on your legs. And you say, somebody says to you, hey, uh, are you okay? Sure, I feel fine. See, because the dysfunction is now their normalcy. And when their dysfunction is their normalcy, that's why they don't get help. And it usually takes a secondary tertiary issue, whether it's a relationship, a husband-wife relationship or something, to come say, hey, something's wrong. And many times when they would come in, couples, I, I would just stop and just say, okay, let's, as we do a history, let's, uh, let's find out what's, uh, what you did. Well, I don't remember. Okay. Why don't you remember? And, and, and so as we do those kind of things, those indirect wounds uh, start to merge. But the question comes a lot of times of, is, uh, how do you know if you've been impacted by father wounds? I, I put down a few. Well, as an adult, are you projecting the way your dad treated you onto your kids? Sometimes there's a, a, a transference there. Another one is, do you see a wall going up when talking about your childhood. You know, I don't remember. We just talked about that. Do you desire separation from your father? You know, uh, you might say, well, where are we going on vacation? Your wife may say, well, let's go see dad, this, your, your father in Texas. Uh, let's don't go there. I'm not really interested in going there because detachment, you don't have to deal with it when you're not there. See, so if you're face to face often, you have to. Uh, is it hard to uh, get in that deep relationship with your wife where you're opening up and you're really sharing your soul? If that's difficult, maybe that's from a father wound. Here's one that most people probably wouldn't realize. Is your father narcissistic? Now, narcissism is an exaggerated uh, view of oneself. I can do it all by myself. And if you've been detached, you've learned not to be dependent or codependent in a healthy way with other people. You have to say, no, I got to do it all myself because if I do it with somebody else, I'm going to get hurt maybe. And a lot of narcissistic people start as a result of a father wound in their life. So there's just some of the thoughts that if you needed to look at it, but that test that you were talking about, we divided it uh, 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 into three different areas. Uh, uh, the emotional part, of your dad, you know, on a scale of 10, where were you on that? The physicality of your dad, how much time did he spend with you? And then uh, in developing you and being a teacher and then the spiritual input. So we divided into three areas. And Dr. Feller, uh, can I ask you, why did you yeah. pick those three areas? Beg your pardon? How did the, the creation of those three areas come about? Well, we were, I was looking at in my practice, how many People, how many times when there's a father wound, did it come up as a spiritual issue? Or how much did it come up as a physical, you know, like, oh, I wish my, you know, the cats in the cradle thing, you know, I, I wish my dad would spend more time with me type of thing. Uh, one of my clients has been in my client for years. His parents both died when he was in his twenties and he came to see me. We've, I've seen him or uh, even zoom him once a week now since I'm in Georgia and he's in Texas, but he told me, he says, I have zero skills on how to, how to live. 
I don't have any idea how to be a man. He said, my dad was an oil man. He took off every day and he, I never saw him. And, and he thought he gave his love through money and giving me everything. He inherited millions of dollars and both his dad and mom died uh, when he's in twenties. And he said, I have all the money in the world, but I don't have relation. I don't know how to survive. And, and even in 10, 15 years later in our counseling, he's still working through that. And, uh, so those are things that, uh, or, or so, and, and the normal family would say, man, you got all your needs met, you uh, had your brand new car at 16, you had all these kind of things. What's wrong? But he didn't have that heart to heart with his dad, which he just still to this point is, is regretting. What he really truly craved was time with his father. Yeah. And so, uh, Dr. Fowler, this test the self-assessment tool, very pragmatic. If it indicates that they have a father wound, then these individuals need to confront that, correct? Yes. Okay. But see, again, dysfunction is normalcy. And why upset the apple cart? You know, hey, most of the guys that I've talked to will say, well, that was 20 years ago. There's nothing I can do about it now. And yes, there is the things you can do about it. Uh, I've had professional athletes come to my, my office because I did a lot of uh, coaching athletes uh, when I was in Dallas and they would say things like, Oh, whenever my dad's at the game, I, I don't play as good. Or I can, I can do this and this and this and, and have a pitch a perfect game until the ninth inning, lose one to nothing. And dad says, I'm a loser. I mean, those are the kind of things, those tapes that are playing in the brain, even if he's not saying them, He's thinking if he gives up that home run, uh, I'm a loser. I'm a loser. See, and it just kicks him out. Yeah, and, and and those those tapes will continue to play in their head. Yeah, and continue to to drive them to that new normal, like you said, which is really abnormal. And That's correct. So, Bob, in in speaking to all the men that you have, is recovery from relational wounds, a choice we have to intentionally make, you know, there's that old cliche that time heals all wounds, but really yeah. does it? No, it's hogwash. Time doesn't heal anything. If the wound isn't acknowledged, dealt with, cleansed and uh, really cared for so that it can heal. Otherwise it just festers. And that's why the subtitle of the book is dealing with the infection of relationships, because when healing doesn't occur, infection does, and it affects others around. To your question also, Michael, you, you asked the issue about guys. Well, many of us as men are raised in a culture that says big boys don't what? Cry or no pain, no gain, or suck it up. Come on, you're a man. And so as a result, when this kind of thing starts happening to uh, evolve into our life, and we're saying there's some wounds in the background, we've been sort of made to think we shouldn't have that. And to admit that there may be some is in most guys view a weakness. And I think uh, Rick runs into that a lot. And I'm sure as you deal with folks, also Michael, as a uh, counselor and a therapist, you see the same thing. 
Yes, yes, I do. Um, and Dr. Fowler, what are the benefits of striving to recover from relational wounds? And we talked a few minutes ago about the weights on your legs. When you get that, I, I've seen so many men after I've, after I've talked to them, and it, it takes a while. I mean, it's not snap the finger and say, dear Jesus, take it away, and it's gone. Uh, it's it's a process. I mean, you break a leg, <laughs> tomorrow it's not better. You, you, you have to set it, then you have to let it, uh, then you do some rehabs on it, and then you walk a little bit, and then, you know, it might take two months before you can start walking. Well, it, it depends on the, the how deep uh, or how fast a person wants to get through it. To many, I equate uh, father wounds almost like PTSD. I mean, it has the, the psychological fears involved and, and it, the fear of trying to change the, through it and the flashbacks and stuff overwhelm it. And I think the other problem that we see in, in the starting the therapy is that when you start get talking to, uh, to you know 30-year-old men about what's happened, mentally, when they say, how did you work with your dad? They mentally, they go back to a 10-year-old mindset. Because studies have shown, and if there is a dysfunction in your life, every other area of your life might be 40 years old, but wherever that dysfunction occurred, you're 10 years old or whatever in that, in that section. So they have to work through those, uh, uh, go back and realize, hey, I am an adult now. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had to tell the clients, speak to me as if I'm an ad your dad's an adult. Speak to your dad as if he's an adult. Because you can't go back to 10 years old. Those days are over. You are no longer a little kid under, un, you know, under his umbrella. And so in addition to a mindset like that, what are some other obstacles that might prevent people from making the choice to recover from these relational wounds? Well, pride is one, you know, like I should be able to do that on my own. And often it takes the role of a therapist to, to walk them through the processes of doing that because if you've held that baggage for 40 years and you feel that's the normalcy is your dysfunction, you have to be confronted with why it's not, shouldn't be that way. And, and, and it does help uh, it take, go through. So you need a, a lot of times assistance to somebody that has dealt with it, knows how to work with, the, uh, with that kind of an issue. You need that second set of eyes to point out things that right. have, like you said that they become kind of blind to. Correct. Correct. Okay. Michael, I think in addition to fear, I mean, to uh, pride, uh, there's also fear. And a lot of that has to do with the fear of another rejection. And I see that. Out. Yeah, I see that a lot of guys. I remember speaking to a big men's conference and I spoke on father wounds and a man came afterwards to me and he was in tears. He said, I've got adult sons now and we haven't talked in some time. Uh, a year later, I happened to be back at the conference again, and he came to me beaming, and he said, uh, I've got to tell you, I reached out to both of my boys. I told them I think I had made a mistake, and he said, that was so hard to me because I was so prideful. I did not want to admit that I had messed up as a dad, and I wasn't sure I wanted to hear what they might have to say. Right. He said he told them about the conference. He told them that God had convicted him. He said one son immediately responded, and they just melded quickly, and things were sort of on a short order of healing and moving in a real positive direction. 
But he said the other son called him and said, after all these times of being distant in my life and not being there when I needed you, you want to make this up to me now and just unloaded on it. And I said, what'd you do? He said, I realized why I had fear going to my boys. I realized also the pride I had and I shut my mouth and listened. And That's when he point. was done, he said, I still want you to know, I love you. I'm so sorry. I made some big mistakes and I ask you to forgive me. He said his son started crying and he said, dad, in this time that I unloaded on you and you responded to me, I've talked to you more than I have in the last 10 years. And I think you're serious. He said, from that moment on, my son and I have never gone one week without talking with each other for an hour since I did that almost a year ago. And his comment was, what almost made me not go there was fear, was the, the uh, danger of rejection, and lastly, my pride. And I think what Rick said just nails it with a lot, especially of men. It can be a very right. daunting process. It, right. it really can be. But what, so once someone makes the, the decision to start in that recovery process, what are some helpful tips to get them off on, on the on right start? Well, what I normally have clients do in this case is, is take post-its and say for maybe 20 minutes a day, I want you to set aside 20, 30 minutes a day and on a post-it, write down any memory you might have and put a plus or a minus by it. And, and what dates, how old were you? What is it? And then after 30 minutes, put it in a, in an envelope and say, I'm not going to watch it till the next day. We don't, because you can become so obsessed with these things and it's going to just really upset. You need to spend time, other things in life, but then you take, start getting time and, and do their uh, and start a journal, start your post-its. And then I, I always suggest post-its because then you can take them out, put this post-it on this file and this post-it over here and you start dialing it, put it together. And then I said, don't even worry about the conclusion yet. Every time that, I bet 90% of the time the guys will say, does this mean I got to confront my dad right away? <laughs> I said, maybe, maybe not. We don't know. I'm not after that right now. We're, we're, we're just here to take out the garbage out of your bag and we're going to look at it and then we're going to decide down the road what we want to do with it and and so by doing that it's a, it's a great start and then then we uh, uh then i usually then after that in the book i also have at the back some sample letters that how you write dad how you talk to dad i have them do that and i always say i always say okay one thing you might want to do is draw a circle up a pie chart and put finances, this, 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 and this, this, and this, this, and, and say, Dad, in this area, you are 90%. Great. In this area, you are maybe 75%. But in this area, you were 10%. And that's the area you want to talk about. Because the first thing a dad's going to probably come back and say, oh, did I do that for you? Dad, look at the pie chart. You got a 90% there. That was great. But we're, doing, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> because, see, if, if the dad is threatened, they're going to try to diffuse the issue and get it off, off target to talk about something else. Very insightful. And in part of the recovery process, why is it important to know your father's backstory? 
and, and maybe even your grandfather's backstory and how it impacted your father. Bob, do you want to address that since you had to find some backstory about your dad? Well, I'll say quickly uh, for those who are with us that my uh, biological dad was an alcoholic, had a tough background, and therefore, as a result of a substance abuse in his life, uh, had some real issues. But back in his background, my understanding is, is that he had had some tough family issues as he had grown up himself. I got thrown out of that house and from place to place for a while was finally adopted. My adopted dad came into my life and he was the result of a statutory rape of a 45 year old man with a 15 year old girl. And that girl went ahead and had the baby, thank goodness. And that baby would become my adopted dad. But all she had was a mom and an alcoholic uh, uh, dad and so as a result, that's where he ended up is being raised by them. A lot of conflict, a lot of dysfunction, didn't have a family. And when you don't, you find one where you can, he found it in a gang and that led him to all kinds of other problems. Then fast forward it, he gets married by eloping with a lady and they try to have four children. The four children die and they adopt me. Now think of everything he brings in to the marriage and to being my adopted dad. So it's important, like Rick said, and like you asked, to understand, okay, so a dad or adopted dad or a stepdad blew it or had an area of life that was only 10% as far as you, the son or a daughter were concerned. There's probably a reason for that. And it right. probably comes from the backstory of how they grew up, what they experienced, and what they had to live through. Michael, we're not talking about finding excuses. It's took the what words we're out after is finding yeah. understanding. Yeah. There you go. There's a big difference between, between the two. And a lot of Great times word. people say, oh, so you just want me to find this out so that then he's not uh, responsible for anything he did. No, he is responsible, but I need to understand that because the odds are, from the concept of transference, I'm going to transfer that to my kids. Mm -hmm. So I got to make sure I understand what they do so I can stop that cycle and move on. And understanding also helps foster empathy as well, That's true. which can help with forgiveness and ultimately reconciliation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. But again, everything we're talking to comes back to an earlier question from you, Michael, and that's the intentionality. You've got to intentionally be willing to confront. You've got to be willing intentionally to admit there's an issue there. You've got to intentionally uh, be willing to step in and take risk. Yeah. So a lot of it just comes back to how intentional are you willing to be? Yeah, because some people may is, not know how to start, even get started in talking yeah. with their, their father. This is going to be a very daunting well, one of the someone. things, one of the things I've heard Bob at his seminars, he went over Joel chapter two, where it says God can restore the land that the locusts have eaten, and we're not trying to sugarcoat the locusts what the, what it did, but we're trying to figure out how do we keep the locusts from eating the next tree, and so that's kind of what we have to do is realizing that with God on our side, we can forgive. But that doesn't mean it's forgiveness and restoration are two different things. And that we could take an hour on that. And, and yet the whole idea is 
we need to get to the point where we take that baggage and and lay it at Jesus's feet, basically, and mm-hmm. say, God, I can't handle this. But you said that you're with me, you're guiding me, you're directing me in the ways that I should go. And as we do that, we can get the, the hope and the peace and the comfort. Uh, Romans 15, 13 talks about hope twice in that verse, that we can get the hope that's within us, that God has given us through the Holy Spirit. And that's that. So we're not, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not going to say it's not difficulty, but we are saying that with God on our side, it makes this path of recovery so much easier. Well, Rick, you, you lead us into a good way to, to start wrapping this, this podcast up in working toward recovery and closure and relational wounds. What part does the individual play and what part does God play in this process? Right. Well, God wants us, I, I, I look at the uh, reading the old Testament, you know, how God says, I'm going to take you to the promised land. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. But they didn't just sit down and eat popsicles all day. They had to fight. They had to do this and they had to do that, their part in order to get to the promised land. And when they botched it the first time, God says, okay, you're not going to be in the promised land. But once they, but when this gets through, then what they said is we're going to, as long as we trust you, God, God says he will give us the desires of our, he will direct our paths. So therefore we then have to do our part to get to that point. And, and, some, and, and through all of that, Michael, the, the God gives us wisdom, direction, and ability to fight the next fight in our life that's coming up. You know, trees that are grown in the side of a mall are the weakest trees ever because they don't have winds that hit them. And when the winds of life hit us, how are we going to respond? So if a father wound is a wind that hit us, we're going to have to, we can get stronger out of it and we can learn from it so that we can move on. Well said, Bob. Or, I'm sorry. Well said, Rick. Uh, Bob, Michael, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I would say uh, one quick thing. We cannot do what God alone can do. That's we true. cannot do what God That's alone true. can do. But God will not do what we must do. That's right. That's so important. So when a relationship is injured or ruptured, since all of life runs on relationships and God's desire is that relationships are healthy, then God alone can bring the ultimate healing, but God will expect us to intentionally take steps to make the healing possible. And that's so important. And that's why we did the book. And again, I would just remind anybody who may be listening to us, the practical steps and far more that we talked about today are in here, along with that self-assessment. And you can go simply to www.bobrecord.com. That's just my website. And go to the bookstore. It's right there. And we'd love for it to be a help and a tool that's practical for you. Yes. And it, Bob, it is a very pragmatic and inspiring book. And once again, Thank that you. assessment tool is in there for people and they can utilize it whenever they want to. All they have to do is go to your website, www.bobrecord.com, where they can order it. 
Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you to our viewers for joining us. We look forward to you joining us again next time. I'm Michael Conant for High Impact Dads. Have a great rest of your day. If you would like to know more about Bob's book, Ending the Cycle of Father Wounds, please visit Bob's website at bobrecord.com. Record is spelled with two C's, R-E-C-C-O-R-D. Bob also has a study guide with embedded videos available as a companion to the book. You can find these and all of Bob's books at bobrecord.com and dpztechnology.com under the Total Life Impact Bookstore. Our host, Michael Konitz's book, A Work in Progress, can also be found at dpztechnology.com. For more information on Dr. Rick Fowler's ministries and books, visit gracebasedcounseling.com or thestagesofchange.com. You could be a part of this mission to spread this word to others. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to subscribe to High Impact Dads on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. When you do, leave a five-star rating and write a nice review. Every five-star rating, review, and every new subscription truly does make it easier for those who need this information the most to find it. Please pass this on to anyone you may know struggling with father wounds. Mm -hmm.